Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Bitches on Comics. I'm your host, Essie Fleenor, and I'm young, scrappy, and hungry to prove that I deserve the coveted college internship at the premier newspaper in town. <laughs> I'm Sarah Sentry, and I'm experiencing hallucinations <laughs> while under the drug's influence, just so you know. So we've got a question from Judah. Okay, I'm reading and I need some Kate slash Hawkeye recommendations. I'm on the road trip issue of America. I'm spreading them out for full enjoyment. Good call. I knew of Kate, but being primarily X-Book oriented, I wasn't that familiar with her. Now I want to know more about her! Exclamation point. COVID is definitely expanding my horizons book-wise. Yes, ours too. <laughs> I've been reading a lot. Oh, Thank yeah. you for asking. <laughs> and we'll continue to read a bunch. So we have a pretty comprehensive list of Kate Bishop stuff here for you. Because I've been a big Kate Bishop fan this whole time. Have you also been one? Yes. I was trying to remember when I discovered her. And I it was either in an issue of Hawkeye, the Matt Fraction and David Aja, or it was in Young Avengers, which I'm thinking it would have to be when Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey were writing it. So it's either one of those, but I fell in love immediately. Like everything that makes Clint charming, Kate has even more so, you know? And like, and she's so, you know, hopeful. And at times, yes, she's like a poor little rich girl and can be a little bit naive, but she has such a cool arc as a character too. And it happens so organically and, and true to like her superhero story, but is also, I don't know, I think it's a good model for like how rich kids can sort of like ditch their family and not be beholden to them. So I, I love Kate. I think she's like the tits. Literally, we need the Jane Fondas. Like we really do, you know, like get on board. <laughs> We're happy to, we're very happy to have you, rich kid. Because a lot of times those can be a lot of our strongest and most vocal allies, you know? Like, I would say that Jane Fonda's been doing that work her whole life. And there's a lot of people who have, as you say, like, poor little rich girl for sure. But, like, you know, it really does suck. Like, she's born into a terrible situation. And then, of course, it's kind of interesting because she, like, gives it up. She's like, actually, I like being a superhero and not having any money. So I'll actually just try to send you to jail a bunch, dad. And it's like, whoa, cool. And we're seeing a lot more of that these days, right? With like Republican politicians, kids and stuff like that. There's a lot more of them that are just like, what the fuck? And like actually kind of coming at their parents and stuff. So I think that that's important. I love a character like that. I'm not going to judge you for the circumstances of your birth, but it would be nice if you would give up all of your money. 
But yeah, that's what Kate does. Totally. <laughs> and also, I always think it's really important, something that I always have to bring up. I'm pretty sure that the Hawkeye show is about ready to make Kate be the sidekick, like the person who learns from Clint and like is trained by Clint. I would say probably the most important element of her character is, is that she was not trained by Clint. She trained her goddamn self. Yeah, she's an Olympic-level athlete. She doesn't she's need his training. She's a better archer than he is, and yes. it is a consistent theme in the Hawkeye series that was written by Matt Fraction. And it's such a joke that they make when they introduce Hawkeye. They're always like, he's the best archer in the world. Or, well... One of two, which is like a really funny way of saying he's second and he just can't handle it. He can't handle it. (laughs) And it's also the fact that he has to acknowledge that she kind of is a better Hawkeye. Right. He says that at the end of the Fraction Run, doesn't he? He's like, you're a better Hawkeye than I ever was, Kate. Oh, I forgot that part. Oh, that made me misty. Yeah, exactly. That's what is redeemable about Clint. That guy is a complete jackass for years and years out of that comic. Like... And, you know, whenever Valkyrie shows up, you see, like, him be the guy who's like, women's lib is a bunch of bull and, like, stuff like that. Like, he was always just yelling annoying things at everybody. So, like, now that he's kind of had to have his ego checked, he's a much more interesting, much more likable character. And you see stuff like how that even kind of flows into the MCU a little bit, like not to praise Renner by any stretch of the imagination, but you at least see like those kind of more humble moments from him sometimes, like whenever he talks to Scarlet Witch. And there's all of these moments where you're just like, okay, I can see why this is a likable character. I grew up being like, this is other Green Arrow, you know, (laughs) like I don't like this guy at all because it's like the same thing. They both just show up and yell and neither of them have powers and like all of this. And it gets better whenever he actually has to be like, no, I'm not the best at it. Somebody else is better. And she didn't need to be trained. And I think that that's one of the most important things ever because it's just like, no, she was so dedicated to it in a way that, you know, all of the odds were against her. The Avengers literally told all of the young Avengers to stop doing what they were doing because they were going to get hurt. And She was like, I am going to do this with my life. This is what I do. And that's when Captain America gives her the Hawkeye gear because he was just like the only other person who ever stood up to me was Clint. So here you go. Like, you must be Hawkeye, I guess. Um, And I think that all of that is so, so important to her story. Totally. And and you're right. And that's her time and time again. I mean, in West Coast Avengers, which we'll, you know, we'll go through it a little bit more chronologically for the titles in a minute. But, you know, it's a huge theme is it's her bucking against what she's been told she has to do or cannot do because she does what she believes needs to be done. And I'm like, hey, anyone who's going to be America Chavez's best friend is a good person. (laughs) Yeah. Like, we should definitely talk more about America-Kate because, come on. But it's cool because Kate attracts really interesting characters. And I know that's kind of like the whole point of superheroes is like your supporting cast should be interesting too. But I think it like is all the more true in the case of Kate where like she's constantly meeting people who make her a better person and who she contributes to their life as well. You know, it's not a one-way street. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. So where did you first read Kate? Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, it would have been that original Young Avengers run, not the Gillen stuff, but the series that came before. Alan Heimberg and Jim Chung. Yeah, and that's yeah. a pretty good series. There's things about it I don't like, or it's hard to read Hulkling and Wiccan as two straight people because later we have so much good representation from them and they have such a beautiful relationship. And they're so important to queer rep, right? Yeah, so it's like the first volume, I believe, they're still not 
dating. And so reading it was kind of just like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it. how I felt. <laughs> but there's things that are good about it. And then there's things that are totally morality lessons and stuff. Yeah. They get to do more adventuring afterwards. But I love Children Crusade and stuff like that. I think that there's some pretty good stories in there. I would say that the original Young Avengers run is really rad. It's where we meet Kate and we see the kind of rougher version of her right she's very young and she's very very bullheaded to the point of she like will not put up with it for instance there's that scene in the children's crusade whenever Kate says a beneficial dictator is still a dictator and Scarlet Witch says well I think what Kate means and then she goes Kate said what Kate means and like there's all of these great interactions She spends a lot of the series kind of having this contentious flirtation with Patriot, which I think is kind of odd. It's fine, but they don't like each other that much. (laughs) But then they, like, hate, they, you know, like... It's just messy bisexuals. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I feel, too. And I'm kind of just like, I don't super ship this, I guess, because I feel like the Patriot is a better character when he gets to kind of be in his element a little bit more. I feel like they have these character differences that are, like, hard to get over for both of them. Yeah, Patriot is gone. He, like, is out of the series by the time Gillen takes over. Yep. Which, like, I don't know. I think he's a cool character. I want him to come back. And I do like their interactions at times because they are pretty good at calling each other out on their bullshit. So there are things about that that I did enjoy. But that's most of what is up in that. Like, she's kind of really dedicated to being the superhero and then has a few complicated personal (laughs) relationships on top of it. So it's worth reading. Like, it's fun. But the focus is not really on Kate 100%. Yeah, totally, totally. And then in the Kieran, Gillen, and Jamie McKelvey run, I love that one. You know, we reviewed it for Pride because it's like the queerest fucking superhero comic. (laughs) Yeah, it's unbelievably queer, even though like there's no mention of it until like, I mean, in the beginning and then there's like issues that go by and then at the end it starts to be like, oh, everybody is by on this team. Yeah, yeah. There's like, yeah, Kate's like, am I the only straight one? And America's like, okay, you're the straight one. We believe you. It's like pretty cute. Um, it is so, cute. Yeah. And that birthed, of course, Americate, which everybody cannot ever shut up about, which we also cannot shut up about. They both have partners that are pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I think that America's partner is an especially interesting character. We see a lot of her in the America series, of course, and in West Coast Avengers as well. But also I think that there's just something really sweet about Americate too. So I don't know. I ship a lot of characters with a lot of people. I'm going to yeah. say I love Americate. I love the people that both of them are dating right now too. So I'm yeah. kind of happy with it, but I'm also like... That was one of those things where we were like, in the beginning, we were all just like, they're going to date. And then it was like, no. (laughs) Yeah. We're all like, God damn it. (laughs) It's like another Kate Pride fuck. (laughs) And like, lots of Kates. Lots of bi Kates. Yes. I am not an OTP kind of person for the most part. I kind of. Sometimes. there, There are times and places. There are some that I am like, this is this and it's this. But I like a proliferation of ships because I like to think the world is more open-ended than destined. So I like America-Kate a lot. I am a little annoyed that Kate's always with a man. Always like, oh, oh, any rumors? Nope, no rumors, folks. Oh, look, see, another man. 
That bugs me a little, but I will agree. I like the different people she dates. It's not like she's dating people who are mean to her or who are really bad or, you know, bad in like an evil way or like a misogynist way. There's people who are bad matches and better matches, but I like her dating history. I just wish that it didn't feel so much like, see, straightness. Don't ask any questions. (laughs) Don't ask any questions about this. (laughs) Just keep going. It's fine. 40 years might pass and then we'll do something, but not right now. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, there's the the Young Avengers. There's like two different runs. Well, they're multiple, multiple volumes, but there's like, you know, Alan Heinberg's and Jamie Chung and then Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. Of course, you, Judah, you're reading America or finished America by now, probably. But if anyone else has not, please go pick that up. That's Gabby Rivera and Joe Quinones and a whole team of amazing artists who did, you know, different sections, flashbacks here, that, there. Very cool stuff. And then it's the Hawkeye run, right? Isn't that the next thing? The original yeah. Hawkeye, the Matt Fraction, and David Aja? Yeah, totally. And that's so fun. This is like where we see all that Clint we were talking about, just redeemed and lovely and so good with Kate. And I feel like he doesn't patronize her. I feel like, yes, there are times where he tells her what to do or he's like, I know more. But for the most part, he's just like a real fucking mess. <laughs> And I love that, like, Fraction and Asia are like, let's lean into what a mess he is and stop pretending he's not a mess because he's such a mess. And that is a vibe for a comic for me. You know, that's someone who's like, I'm going to write a comic this person would like. (laughs) It's a mess. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That run is really good for a lot of reasons. I love the emphasis on his disability. I love the fact that we get to read about Hawkeye who has to deal with being deaf. That's so beautiful. I was going to bring that up too. Ridiculous, because like, yeah, so rare it is, you know? And it's so beautiful. It's so well done. And I know a lot of people were hoping that that's what they would tackle with the Hawkeye if they were going to do Clint's story, that they would, you know, explore his deafness. And who knows, they, they still may. But I think that would be really, really cool. It would be extremely cool. And this run, yeah, just in general, he's a complete wreck. She has to pull him out of the gutter. Like yeah, a bunch of literally. <laughs> yeah, quite literally. He's constantly talking about archers who he can't aspire to. And then Kate does the thing that they're talking about. There's a scene where he was like, this guy like shot four arrows. And she was just like, that's showboat bullshit. And I think it's ridiculous and then later in the issue she does it like she pulls it off yes it's so good So I think that there's like always something interesting about how Kate picks up every challenge that's laid in front of her even if it's kind of not explicitly a challenge yes she sees a challenge in every moment (laughs) yeah which is why I think she's an Aries and also why I think it would be good to see K-Stu play this character (laughs) oh my god be so fun not bad casting um it will never happen and it would have to be like a little bit older of a kate because i think that we know kate as somebody in like her early 20s i think yeah and then i think casey was like 32 or some shit yeah i think that's right who knows as if i have like the oh and here's my page that has casey's birth chart on it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i think that That is a really good series. It's kind of a must read. I have always been like, I don't like Hawkeye. (laughs) Like He's always been on my nerves, but I kind of like newer Hawkeye a lot more than I like older Hawkeye. Yeah. So the stories are a lot better. I like the fact that there is an embrace of the fact that he is kind of a wreck. I like the fact that 
his interpersonal relationships are a mess. And Kate is kind of just like, this is why, though, do you see this? (laughs) You make the same mistake repeatedly. We watch it happen. And yeah, I think that she has such a good understanding of things and such a fearlessness that she's really good at just calling him on his bullshit. Yeah. And he's like so receptive. Honestly. And yeah, it's really and he would nice. have to be because we would hate him otherwise. Yes. Like that's the thing is we've seen Hawkeye who like loses his mind when he's being criticized and it's not fun, you know. It's a lot more fun to watch him actually listen to people and to learn to do that. That's why his character is better now than it really ever has been, in my opinion. I agree. He's not trying to do his like lone wolf thing that is just like so unbearable. It's just unbearable. I'm other Wolverine, only all I do is shoot arrows and it's boring. (laughs) Or like I'm like bullshit ass green arrow in the Justice League who just shows up to yell at Hal Jordan and to like bicker back and forth. And it's so frustrating because people will be trying to have a meeting and those two just start yelling at each other. And it's just like, yo, why are you even on a team with Hal Jordan? Because he's obviously like a Republican. So like, get out. what are you doing? Yeah. Anyway, I just don't like that specific character trope, I guess, that we saw in a lot of different characters that are just like, I will disrupt this meeting. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. It does get old. You know, it's like, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. I also love that this is where it starts to feel like band-aids are a part of the Hawkeye uniform. He's always got band-aids on, and then that sort of carries over for Kate. So when we get to Hawkeye, unless I'm skipping anything, Hawkeye, Kate Bishop by Kelly Thompson and with Leonardo Romero. Mm -hmm. It feels like Kate always has so many band-aids on, which I feel like is so real because all these other superheroes have like you know skin you can't cut and shit or like super healing powers and these people are just their superpower is they shoot arrows really fucking accurately yeah 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 so they're going in could easily get mowed down in a second naked basically they have like some armor i'm guessing underneath their like i'm guessing there has to be some function to their outfit I don't know. Kate has those holes on her hips. I know. Yeah. It's like, no, you're really just opening yourself up to die. But you know what? That's okay. That's what we like about them. I also wanted to say that I appreciate the fact that they're both Hawkeye, right? Like that's like one of the big establishing things that happens in the last Hawkeye series. So whenever they do a Hawkeye with Kelly Thompson, of course, a bunch of people were like, oh, now like Hawkeye's a woman or whatever goofy complaints people have. But it was just like, no, they're both Hawkeye. Shut up. (laughs) Like jerks. And then that becomes like, because Kelly Thompson's so fucking funny, then that becomes like part of a joke, right? Like of like people have the same name. Two Kellys are in the same room. It can be weird. You know, (laughs) like, it's okay that it's weird. (laughs) I love that. I love that she's like, I'm just going to embrace it. I don't have to pretend there's a reason or a a delineation we have to say, you know, like, it's really funny in West Coast Avengers when she gets turned into the mutant and she's called Hot Kate. That's pretty, pretty cute. But, you know, that's also making fun of that same thing, which is why I personally adore Kelly Thompson, you know? They kind of did the same thing with Wolverine, too, right? Because Laura Kinney also is Wolverine, and that's just not changing. When people call Laura Kinney X-23, I'm like, that is, like, kind of dead naming her a little bit, and it sucks. So call her the new thing. Yeah, it's certainly using a name that was not, like, a self-chosen or accepted one. That was really just kind of a burden to bear, so I'm going to say it's fine, that now she is Laura Kinney the Wolverine, you know? I'm cool with it. I think it's good. 
And then, of course, like, there's all of the conversations about legacy characters and all of that bullshit and, like, how maybe it sucks for many reasons and how every attempt at diversity is filling in, like, the space of a legacy character and, like, all of that stuff. So it can all very easily just be taken right back out of continuity mm-hmm. whenever they decide mm-hmm. to do something else, which is what we saw with Lady Thor because everybody lost their shit about Lady Thor. But that story is amazing. So we have that at least. Yeah, I'm with you. There's pros and cons. The thing is, yeah, in some ways the legacy stuff, as you said, is just awful. And it it also keeps creators from creating new titles. And it keeps very powerful companies in control of this intellectual property that they get to just propagate into the future. But that stuff ends up with them anyway, you know? So yes, it's just exactly. Like, that's what I always talk about with copyrights and stuff is I'm like, that kind of just ensures that eventually a giant corporation is going to own your work. Like, yeah. it's important. You have to get a copyright and everything. But like, someday that copyright is going to be sold to somebody else, just exactly. so you know. <laughs> like, exactly. there's almost no way. And that's another thing, right? It keeps creators fed and all of this. So there's nothing but double edged swords in this life but totally because some of these stories are like like kate and i like that she's legacy because it works like they really lean into it in a way where you feel not the pedantic not the under my wing i'm going to teach you how to be xyz right no you come here fully formed and yes you have some things that change about you and yes you are a round character hallelujah but she's a person she's not like a ball of potential that hawkeye shapes you know and also she's the only legacy character in young avengers And it's very far explored why she's a legacy character. She becomes Hawkeye when there isn't a Hawkeye. And whenever Hawkeye comes back, there's two Hawkeyes. Like, that's just what happens. It makes a lot of sense. There's no reason for it not to be the case. Because they also kept calling her, like, Hawkeye Jr. or something like that in, like, the first one. And she's just like, I'm Hawkeye shut up. I think that it was really good because they address it at length. Mm -hmm. There's a whole story around her becoming a legacy character that actually matters. She doesn't exactly start out that way. Yeah. Well, and and Hawkeye Kate Bishop is where we see some of that. She's making the decision to cut off from her parents. She's trying to get her dad uh, arrested. She's grappling with the legacy of her mother, who passed away when she was like 13. And Madame Mask. Oh, Madame Mask is so amazing. She is everything. And Kate looks so cool and like purple. Oh my God, it's her color. She looks so good in purple. See, we want the person who looks that good in purple to be queer. Like, that's just Mm -hmm. like what we want out of life. It's what we deserve, truly. Yeah, it's just like it's such a fun side of Kate. She's on her own and in L.A. and she's like starting her own P.I. firm and she's making all her new friends and her friends are like cool and diverse and her age. And she's like, I'm awesome. And she's I like that her whole thing is she's a semi-licensed private investigator. (laughs) Then for a while or before that, it's like soon to be licensed, semi-licensed. It's like. That's so funny because she's like, I need to work. I need to help people. It's what I do. Speaking as somebody who just got finished establishing an LLC after being a freelance writer for literally like the last like seven years of my life, I'm going to say I find it relatable. And I think that it's really funny and cool to watch. I like the fact that she gets to L.A. and she's like, I don't have any money. I'm like a piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so relatable, right? Moving somewhere new and being like, well, I thought I solved the problems and now there are more new problems. (laughs) Just like what's not to love, you know, she makes mistakes and she gets people in, you know, dangerous situations and she learns from it and she learns from the successes and the losses. And it's so funny because, you know, again, Kelly Thompson and it's just I, I love that run. I think it is delightful. It's so good. 
And then the last one I had on my list, and if there's any others that you've got, Sarah, is West Coast Avengers. This is like the revamp, so I think it's 2018. It might be 2016. I don't remember. It's probably like 2019. 2019? Okay. And it's Kelly Thompson, Stefano Caselli, and Danielle DiNucolo. Oh my God. It's such a brilliant team comic. It is so funny. It is so good. Kelly Thompson balances all of the different characters so well. And Kate is awesome in it. She's the head of the team. And, you know, Clint has her back and he's like, you got this, Kate. And it's just like, oh, oh, so good. And Tigra's in like the opening arc. And you're just like, oh, oh, yes, I love it. I love it. What's not to love? That's my opinion on West Coast Avengers. <laughs> it's really fun. It had like an unfortunately short run. There's a few Kelly Thompson series that were really, really good that got cut at like issue 10 or something because of poor sales or whatever. Mr. and Mrs. X, I think, was really fun. All oh, of her yeah. Rogan Gambit stuff, I think, was really fun. And Rogan Gambit was like a miniseries. And then Mr. and Mrs. X only ran for like nine or 10 issues. Same thing with West Coast Avengers. It just didn't sell enough, but it was amazing. And they're both comics that I think we'll be able to look back on for a long time and have a lot of fun with. So they're kind of underrated in her repertoire. Like she's done so many kind of interesting high profile things. It's definitely easy to be like Deadpool and Captain Marvel or where it's at. Because both of those series are really, really good. But she also has these kind of shorter runs of things that are so clearly just characters that she loves writing. And West Coast Avengers is 100% just her having so, so much fun with this concept of kind of continuing the Hawkeye era stuff, but bringing Clint in a little bit more. And then also just kind of being able to have America have like, you know, fun characters that we haven't seen in a second. So it was nice to see. I loved that series. I thought it was really fun. Are there any other comics you can think of that you think are important to read if you are getting used to falling in love with? beginning to stan Kate Bishop. I haven't seen anything in a minute. I saw that Hawkeye Freefall came out. I don't know if Kate's in that at all. I just haven't seen her this year, really, I guess. I've been a little bit behind on my Marvel comics, so that might have something to do with it, but well, and I then, just haven't you know, seen There her. was such a pause in production and things just getting back going. So yeah, I mean, that's the Kate Bishop reading list. If you want a for real, for real reading list, make sure to become a patron of Bitches on Comics at patreon.com slash bitches on comics. You have to type the whole thing out. You can't search on Patreon. The reason you want to become a patron is because you love us, A, and B, because every month we do a reading list based on the comics that we discussed during that prior month's episode. So we will have specific issues, years, where you can find them, all that information about Kate Bishop in this month's Patreon reading list, but we do it every month, so you should come join us. Thanks for the great question, Judah. Thank you. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. 
Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. This morning I woke up and I thought to myself, we do a good job because we're always doing stuff that I would want us to hear do. If I were an audience member, I'd be like, hey, it'd be cool if somebody would interview these cool people that nobody else really interviews, or like, it would be cool if this person would talk about these comics that nobody really talks about. And then also, it'd be cool if they were gay while they did it. (laughs) At least a little bit queer would be great. And so the fact that that's such a rarity and that we're doing it means that, you know, we could use support of all of the kinds emotional support for instance if you just want to say hey good job that'd be great if you want to rate and review us that'd be great if you want to subscribe to our patreon for as little as two dollars and as many as all of the dollars that would be fantastic and if you subscribe to patreon then that means that you get all of the things that we post on it for any subscription level because once again we're a bunch (laughs) of commies so (laughs) support you know communism and then also us if you get around to it, please. In that order, please. This week's comic of the week is Grease Bats by Archie Bongiovanni. This comic was really good. I think we just talked about Jane's World and how that was kind of a fun group thing, but it was from a culture that was like, you know, only lesbians, and we didn't totally know <laughs> what that was like. Yeah, you and I are both like, I'm not from that world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, maybe I could have been at some point in my life, I don't know. But I, as we said, we just kind of, uh, you know, know a, a queer community that has a lot more uh, gender expressions and sexuality than just lesbian. And this book is more like that. So I was like kind of laughing to follow it up with this one because this one just kind of feels more how things are now, I guess. What I love about Grease Bats is how funny it is. It is really funny. Great slice of life comic. So it's just super, the word that's coming to me is like random, but that's not quite the right word. It's like people's lives are random, I guess. So it just shows how random people's lives are. Right. But then it's really also about like, the power of friendship and the power of queer friendship and the cast is super diverse and white queers have to deal with their white privilege because there are people of color who are queer in the comic that are like 
uh, deal with your white privilege. And that's really refreshing. You know, so often we don't see terms like white privilege, racism, homophobia in comics because we're trying to tell a certain kind of story. And I get that. But this does. This is like a metatextual conversation that Bon Giovanni's having with the reader, but also that the characters are having with each other. And honestly, those are the conversations I'm having with my queer community. Yeah, so this uh, was originally through Autostraddle, right? Yeah, it was a, I don't know if it was daily, weekly, but yeah, it was a serial through Autostraddle. Yeah, now it's a big old book, so. (laughs) And I think it's still coming out. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I think so. Either that or Bon Giovanni did like a special throwback that was about social isolation. (laughs) And so it was everybody on a video chat. (laughs) And (laughs) nothing's the same. And then. Taylor, is it? It's like, everything's the same. You're wine drunk. You won't listen to anyone else talk. You're doing this. And it was just like really sweet to be like, oh, even they're struggling with social isolation, you know? (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of kind of topical stuff in this. And then there's kind of the classic stuff that you would read about in Jane's World or Dykes to Watch Out For or something where it's like, you know, I'm going to a straight bar that's aggressively straight, you know, (laughs) like, or I'm going to a gay bar and it's full of people who are straight or like whatever, you know, and those kind of strips have happened before. (laughs) But this just seemed a little bit more modern, I guess, is the best way for me to say this one, because I love all those other comics too. But this one just kind of seemed currently relevant in ways because it's such a recent book. Totally. And what I see it, too, is like continuing this long lineage of queer slice of life comics. Yeah. And just embracing them and saying, you know, what's the next step? And it's like, yeah, it's it's queerer. It's more people of color. There's ace people represented and bi people represented and trans people represented. And it's just like so much fun. Andy and Scout are like the two main characters and their friendship is just, oh, my God, so good. They do have a really good friendship. That is super fun to read about. I also like that Andy is poly and it's like just not really a big deal. It's like they're healthy and cute about it. And like it's just a good representation (laughs) because there's just so, so few good representations, I think, of people who are not monogamous, I guess. Oh, for sure. I think that's a good way of describing like all of the cool parts. Like everybody just gets to be who they are without being super commented on unless like someone needs to like there's a part where Andy has their period and they have such a dissonant experience with their body and experience so much gender dysphoria because of it and they just talk about it they just talk to Scout about how terrible it is and Scout's like I don't get it man but like I support you and I'm sorry this is such a terrible experience and that's it like they just get to be supportive of one another and get that like I don't have to understand everything about your life or your experience to understand that like you're my friend and I don't want you to feel this terrible way you know. Right. I think that there's a lot of emphasis on queer community battles within (laughs) within the queer community. Just everybody goes in different directions politically. (laughs) And it's just the same as any any other situation, you know, where if you get a big old group of people and they have one thing in common, chances are they don't have everything in common. (laughs) Um, But in this, I think as opposed to being judgmental or kind of cliquish or anything like that, I think that this comic really emphasizes the way that, you know, queerness does bring people together nonetheless. Like, there's not representation, I guess, of a queer community that isn't supportive. I want to see the one that is supportive, obviously, (laughs) of different expressions. 
this to me, I think was one where it's like, this is definitely a step forward because we have that acceptance, right? Because there's always varying degrees of self-criticism. You know, we, we have to engage with our queerness all of the time. And this kind of just reflected a lot of that experience, I think, in a way that was very timely. That's a super great way of saying that. And it doesn't stop, right? Like, okay, great. We've got a trans character, we've got queer characters. Okay. Now this character that no one noticed doesn't date is like, Yeah, I'm ace. I'm not into it. (laughs) I have been this whole time. Nobody asked me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, shit. Like, I guess you are. And oh, my God, it's so cool. Archie Bongiovanni has Scout do literally the thing that I feel like straight people do to queer people where she says, but maybe you just haven't found the right person yet. Mm -hmm. And Ari's like, no, 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 no. You know how some people like to go hiking? I'm not one of them. And it's the same thing with being ace. (laughs) And Scout, Scout's big takeaway is like, so I shouldn't invite you to my birthday where we go hiking. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, Scout. Right. Like, that no, you shouldn't. <laughs> and it's just, it's like, okay, great. You're ace. We'll just accept that and be better about it. And I love that there's like this white lady who shows up and is like, I'm bi. And she's exuberant and she's always extra and she's too much. And they love her for it. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, yes, we love your ridiculous bisexual self. You are part oh, of she- She's really funny because she just kind of shows up. What is it? Scout is just like, okay, well, you can't directly flirt with somebody. You just have to make like subtle eye contact. And she's just like, oh, yeah, I already got her number. (laughs) Yeah, Gwen. Gwen, Gwen, Gwen's like, "Uh, what do you mean? Because, yeah, I do like that Scout is kind of the... uh, the Jane of this one, right? Where where right. Scout is like cool, but and like everyone loves Scout, but Scout is like not getting laid a lot and is, you know, <laughs> takes weeks and weeks to like ask someone out. And then they're like, I'm straight. And then she's like, Why did I even try? Like, what is the mm-hmm. world? And then like all the people around her are like, Oh yeah, I'm just got back from another date, or oh yeah, I already slept with that person. Or <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, I love right. it. It's so cute. Oh, my God. And also, I mean, as much as I love the view of like polyamory in this, I think that as a monogamous person watching somebody who is just like monogamy literally makes you miserable pretty much. Just <laughs> like I watch like <laughs> Scout like struggling with it so much and I'm just like totally I've had that same problem. I get it. <laughs> So there's kind of something for everyone here, you know, like I think that like that's the thing is, is like I feel like we do need way more examples of polyamorous people that are positive and good. And sometimes you need, you know, I would say that it's fine to portray monogamy as being kind of torturous, but it's it's like also what Scout chooses, you know, and that's really important. Right. There's no judgment of the fact that Scout's monogamous, you know? No one's trying to convert them, you know? Yeah, it's never like, oh, you're not enlightened enough or, like, whatever ridiculous shit. But, like, which does happen, you know? It's dumb, though. It's, like, (laughs) it's not okay. Basically, everybody just gets to choose how they are and what is most comfortable for them. And, yeah, Scout's kind of dimmy, you know, kind of demisexual and doesn't ask people out. It takes a long time. They have to have emotional connection with them. That all makes sense to me. So I was like, this is cool. I like seeing all of these different interactions because it is different. You know, if you're in a queer community, you know that there's a bunch of very different people in it. So it's nice to see. I liked this book a lot. Yeah, highly recommend Grease Bats by Archie Bon Giovanni. Check it out online or pick up the trade paperback. (laughs) 
are a podcast that is all about making comic books more accessible to LGBTQ folks and women. So if you have a question about anything related to comics, comic adaptations, pop culture in general, conventions, cosplay, you name it, that's what we're here for. You can send us your questions at bitchesoncomics at gmail.com. Unfortunately, Gmail does not like the word bitch. They're pretty judgy about it. So <laughs> we can't have it spelled out. It is B dot T-C-H-E-S-O-N-C-O-M-I-C-S at gmail.com. And yeah, remember, there's no I'm bitch. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by rating and reviewing us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Sarah Century, and you can find me at www.sarahcentury.com and Twitter and Instagram. Still Sarah Century on those. I'm S.E. Fleenor. You can learn more about me at sefleenor.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at S.E. underscore Fleenor. Bitches on Comics is recorded by Kate Warner, who plays in the band Churchfire. You can find them at churchfiremusic.com. Our music is recorded by Katie Taylor, who plays as Earth Control Pill. You can find her music at earthcontrolpill.bandcamp.com. Bitches on Comics is recorded in Denver, Colorado. We want to recognize the indigenous peoples who have inhabited and do inhabit this land. The Arapaho Nation, the Ute Nation, the Cheyenne Nation, and others who have been erased from our history and collective memories through colonization. Anna Sheridan. New York Times best-selling author of Supernatural Horror. Missing for nearly six months now. That's not possible. Is the compass broken? Or did I turn to the Given the circumstances of her disappearance, someone with a more vivid imagination might decide she'd pierced the veil, so to speak. Weak radio signal. 700 meters. Closing fast. There's no place for ghost stories and close encounters in this investigation, or any other. I need you to find me. Of course. What else would it be? The Sheridan Tapes, a serialized horror mystery podcast. Stream the complete series today on Realm and on all podcasting platforms.